WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Wednesday, January 10th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzlin with the news. Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board. Anthony Dorenzo, Phil Omquist, our associate producers. Sloppy, wet Wednesday. Did everybody sleep well last night with that howling wind? No. Hello, Dawn. How are you? Hello. So you got, what, like 90 minutes of sleep last night? Oh, I know. And buddy boy, you know, if you have a dog, the dog is all nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. And they feel it coming. Oh, they know it's in the air. They're more accurate than the actual weatherman. (laughs) That's so true. They have a higher success rate. It's so true. Gregory, how are you? Schools are closed. There's some schools closed no, today. Yes. Yes. No way. yes. And, and delays. Oh, jeez. My son's school is is opening an hour later. Like, what What are we doing? I, I mean, I came from Bluebell. I saw a couple of puddles. There were a few trees <laughs> yeah, that were I kind mean, of yeah, no, falling. Guys, there are flooded roads. Yeah. The yeah. problem is Kelly that... Kelly Drive is closed, right? Because of flooding. Kelly, Lincoln Drive. Yeah. yeah. So if you... No, I, I live in the city... If you live in the city, it's actually tougher than if you live in Bluebell or out in the Burbs. What are we doing? What are we I doing? Just, always, always an excuse not to do something. We, we don't get snow anymore, so they're like, okay, rain. I know. <laughs> what can we close? Somebody's rain. always under attack, threats to democracy, weather, oh my God. It's in, too hot for school, it's too wet, there's too much snow. Unless the school is flooded, they should be there at, at, at start time. Get your ponchos, get your umbrellas. Yeah. And buck up, yeah, Buttercup. Ah, uh, we got a lot of good things to get to this morning. <laughs> my, my sons are like, please, please. You know, it's like a new I, snow day. I, I will admit, I, I I used to love the two hour delay as a kid. That was I glorious. Hate, I know, I hated the two hour delay. Did you really? It was like a tease. Oh, that you be, know what I mean. My like, mom would be like, "Yeah, you could sleep in till about seven forty five instead of six fifteen. You got a delay." I'm like, "Yeah." No, no, I, it was a tease. I would have rather had the day off. Well, yes, but sometimes beggars can't be choosers. Shorter <laughs> day still better when you're 12. We've got a big take on a very, very forgetful Tony Fauci. That's coming up this morning. We will recap Trump's day in court. Also, Elon Musk delivering on his word to make Twitter, now known as X, A town hall where all viewpoints are welcomed as we have the return of... I'm Don Lemon, and you will respect me. You will watch me. (laughs) That is correct. Oh, boy. Don Limon making his return to social media with a new show. We will tell you about that. 
Isn't it funny, too, the <laughs> congratulations from Tucker Carlson? Yeah. Remember those two going yeah. after each other? It's all it's all pro wrestling, people. These people don't really hate each other. Stop falling for it. Don, you better keep your mouth closed. Uh, the, just the, the, uh. <laughs> I hate this person. I hate this person. No, you don't. Stop. Mm-hmm. It's all <laughs> about attention. We also have more Epstein information and why one aspiring president might not want to be in the company of one individual. Just a bit of advice from yours truly. And we have cut sheet drama this morning as well. But before we get to all of that, let's get to the news. I'm sure there is plenty to delve into. 605, round number one, the great Dawn Stensland. And good morning. I hope you're making your way into work or school safely. Uh, We are sponsored this morning by Tommy D's Home Improvement. There are too many school closings and delays for me to say all of them. But especially there's Abington, Bucks County, Chester County, hard hit. We have, in total, uh, more than 100,000 people without power this morning. So those high winds knocking down power. So we do have uh, road closures, flooding. And the deal here is that that powerful rainstorm with high winds that that uh, struck us last night, it's not over. And we'll talk about that. So water along Kelly Drive, Midvale Avenue, the Schuylkill River has spilled over its banks and it is forecast to crest around seven o'clock this morning. So TikTok less than an hour. And that's part of what city officials are watching. So Kelly Drive flooded beyond City Avenue and uh, Roosevelt Boulevard bridges, dump trucks, because I did, of course, you know me, I left early and then I had to go that way just to see if I, no, the Big dump trucks are there, yeah. bright headlights, so can't go that way. And then Falls Bridge, they're just keeping drivers away. Lincoln Drive, shut down. Part of Ridge, I was made my way on Ridge, so you can get on Ridge. Uh, Schuylkill River, though, expected to rise to about a foot below major flood stage this morning, and that's why that 7 a.m. hour, that's why that's critical. And then it starts to recede this afternoon. So police are monitoring, obviously, several hot spots that are prone to flooding. We know the usual suspects, if you will, River Road in Roxborough, Main Street, Manion, Kelly Drive, Cobbs Creek Parkway, Columbus Boulevard, and then the Delaware River gauge at uh, Columbus Boulevard and Washington Ave in South Philadelphia hit a record high last night, just above levels seen during Hurricane Sandy 12 years ago. Wow. So that shows you the saturation yes. of the ground, right? And, and let's give out the disclaimer again this morning. If there's monstrous puddles and you have a small car, please don't attempt to yeah. drive through it. That's right. I, I don't want to hear tomorrow dawn delivering news of somebody that yeah. died because they got swept away because they thought they were Hercules. Hercules. Right. End of rant. Uh, as for the Delaware River, the Delaware River, it is already receding. But it's going to rise again later this afternoon, so we got to watch that one. Local police saying exactly what Nick Hale just said, yes. okay? Heavy rain filling the Brandywine Creek in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. I'm talking about, obviously, forecasters expected the rising water to reach moderate flood stage, and that was around midnight last night. Upper Milford Township, Lehigh County, and you see the crews safely rescuing some folks there on Indian Creek Road. And and that just goes to the goes to what Nick just said. You know, you don't want to call you don't want to force one of those 
first responders to have to try to save you as well. They should charge people, actually. No, they really should. The Delaware County Emergency Management activated its emergency center at midnight, and flooding does remain, they say, one of the top concerns. So we've got SEPTA delays. I know that uh, we've got Acela doing cancellations as well. Amtrak um, canceled Acela, Northeast Regional, Keystone, so there are all kinds of delays and outages as well. So just think think ahead and uh, be smart about it. PHL, we've got some flight cancellations did as you, well. Did you guys lose any uh, power or internet not, or anything like that? Wood. Nothing. Nothing. No. Nothing. We're, uh, we're in a weird spot where we don't, again, I'm knocking on wood, we don't lose power a lot. Yeah. We don't lose power during Sandy. We, we, well, that's we, lucky. Very wow. rarely do we lose power unless somebody you know hits the telephone pole yeah. or something. I lost everything multiple times for like, Two or three minutes at a clip, but I mean, in total, it was maybe 10 minutes where I was without stuff. Our neighbor has, you know, they invested in one of those whole house yes. backup generators. Mm-hmm. My, my parents have that too. Pretty smart. Yeah, it is. It's expensive, but it's like the second they lose power, like 30 seconds later, it comes back yes. on. Flips right on. It's amazing. And then you look like a genius because yeah. everybody's like, they, they can see your lights on. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then you know, we see our neighbor Lou and he's like, I am the king. Yeah. Yes. Party at Lou's take, house. Yeah, take the victory lap. <laughs> You're the genius of the neighborhood. There you go. Uh, since I mentioned PHL, there's a bizarre story. TA, TSA officers releasing an image of this at Philadelphia International Airport. They say they discovered a box cutter wrapped in a bandage on a passenger's arm. So this guy thinks, I guess, that he's going to go through airport security and wraps an ace, one of those elastic bandages, mm-hmm. around his arm and thinks, oh, yeah, they're not going to check that. <laughs> <laughs> so not smart, but... Apprehended and taken nefarious. care of. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, I love the TSA from the Northeast, Lisa Farbstein. She, it was a pretty, she goes, when a man's hand wrapped in an ace band uh, elastic wrap triggered an alarm at a security checkpoint at PHL Airport recently, TSA officers inspected the man's arm, detected this box cutter that was concealed beneath the wrapped hand and wrist hey dude gotcha yeah you think you're real slick like a, like the uh, metal detectors aren't going to like pick up on uh, something underneath an ace bandage like, yeah, what on. the heck yeah well maybe you know? he was just trying to carve up some boxes on the flight you know those leftover <clears throat> soda boxes that the right. flight attendants give out that's just a little it's it's a little creepy and ominous yeah hey we i know that this broke yesterday mid-morning but i will i will mention it for you as it's a a sad story that the family of the security guard who we talked a lot about a hard-working young man killed at the macy's in center city philadelphia has now announced they are planning to file a civil lawsuit and this is on behalf of their son 27 year old eric harrison stabbed to death by an alleged shoplifter and basically serial criminal his family's attorneys, um, they held a news conference and talked about the painful scenario. But it's not just Macy's. It's, mm-hmm. it's the owners, Wanamaker. It's, it's a whole group, actually, of businesses. Well, this is the guy, the killer, uh, the alleged killer. This is the guy that left with the stolen hat and then came back and killed the security guard, right? Yeah, and, and the police say that not only did this, this again, 30-year-old guy with, not even going to say his name, I mean, he, he's the killer of Eric, mm-hmm. okay? And he has, 30 years old, has this long rap sheet. That I know you talk, we've talked about it, but yep. he, according to police, even admitted that he was mad that they caught him and the way that they treated him. Oh. 
So uh, that's why he I don't came like back. the way I've been treated. Yeah. So he stabs two of the guards. One lived, and obviously Eric didn't, but he's the one who had the two full time jobs, yep. was saving up for a home. I mean, it's just tragic. So now uh, they are suing. This is something that you know we're we have to talk about because you talked, I think, about a big ta- a big take, Nick, where some companies are hiring guys who look like they're in you know Beirut. They're mm-hmm. because they're hiring these fully armored guys. Yep. Because companies are being sued. Yep. They and gas stations even. That's correct. So uh, because I you're liable. Yep. So he was on unarmed guard and. But they're not, to my knowledge, suing the city or D.A. Larry Krasner for the policies. So we'll, we'll continue to follow that one. Hey, there's a reward of up to $150,000, $150,000 reward offered for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person who robbed a mail carrier in Philadelphia's University City section. So they say, you know, initially they said, wow, what did this person steal? The reward money is so high, they say, because it's a federal issue and and holding a a postman at gunpoint and then taking his keys, that those would be all the keys to all of those mailboxes mm-hmm. around the city because they're master keys. I mean, what are you hoping to steal of value? Are you hoping that somebody's got like a check in the mail? Bingo. That's We've had a huge problem with that here. Remember, they held the hearings. You know, at our our the 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 Biden administration held hearings here because what they're doing is they get the master key, they open up, they look for your check, and then they have a way to change it and just take tons of money. Unbelievable. Yeah. So 150 grand. They released new video yesterday holding a news conference. Postman was physically okay, badly shaken, but was held at gunpoint, and then they take the uh, or not even held at gunpoint has the. The gone, you can see it, uh, you know, under the jacket. So they do have the surveillance video, but they're putting that out there. So I know Nick is going to talk a lot about Fauci and his big take, and this is a great big take. You got to hear, but I just want to give our sponsor a shout out. Tommy D's Home Improvement Center, renovating a kitchen or building one from the ground up. Well, Tommy D's Home Improvement Center, Home Improvement Center is your go-to for quality kitchen cabinets, flooring, molding at affordable rates. Just visit their showroom in Philadelphia or visit their website, TommyDees.com. Hey, by the way, right now, 53 degrees, the forecast, National Weather Service says this is the warmest it's going to get. Winds move through up to 40 mile an hour winds to whip us, dry us out. But we go down through the day to about 40 degrees. Tomorrow is really Probably the most beautiful day of the week as we rise into the 50s, bright, sunny skies, further drying out. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 6.15 Wednesday morning. Let's get to a midweek big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. Ah, the Fouch who forgot it all. Call it old age. Call it selective amnesia. Call it being a flat-out fraud. Suddenly, Dr. Anthony Fauci is a forgetful Fauci. That's the theme and takeaway following his appearance this week on Capitol Hill Monday and Tuesday before the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. After being questioned for over seven hours about his role in the COVID-19 pandemic, Fauci didn't seem to recall much when questioned under oath. Headlines include the Daily Mail saying Fauci flip-flops during Congress grilling 
ex-White House doctor ducks more than 100 questions about COVID and admits he approved risky Wuhan coronavirus research proposal without reading it. Per the New York Post, Fauci surprised the chairman of a House subcommittee with, quote, how much he doesn't recall about the early days of the outbreak that killed over 1.1 million Americans. Fauci, 83, had been, quote, very cooperative during his two-day transcribed interview. Chairman Brad Wenstrup, Republican from Ohio, is heading up the proceedings and said the following, quote, panel members will demand explanations for any pandemic-era failures and Fauci's role as the face of America's COVID-19 public health response. His testimony will shed light on topics that no committee, member, nor news outlet has ever inquired about before. This is an opportunity for Dr. Fauci to explain his COVID-19 policy positions. His forthcoming, honest, and transparent testimony over the next two days is critical for improving our nation's future public health responses, end quote. Now, two main focuses from the last few days were the efforts made by Fauci and the NIH to silence dissent about the so-called lab leak theory, as well as why one of Fauci's top advisors likely used his personal email to delete COVID origins documents and evade Freedom of Information Act laws. Fauci has also denied that he ever funded risky gain-of-function research in Wuhan, but that has been shown to be not true. Fauci was also questioned about his acceptance of royalties and how he left government in 2022 with a net worth of almost $12 million. Rand Paul has been front and center against Fauci and waged many battles with him. He joined Fox News and had this to say about Fauci's biggest sin. Listen and watch this. You know, the biggest lie from Anthony Fauci was that uh, the United States government and with his approval did not fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan. We now have the Department of Energy, the FBI, and actually a group of scientists at the CIA all agree that in all likelihood, COVID-19 came from a lab in Wuhan that was funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars. Anthony Fauci has continued to deny this, and I believe that to be a lie, and I hope he's challenged on that. But it also is even worse than lying about funding it. There's supposed to be a safety committee that's supposed to review dangerous research on this. It was set up in 2017 when they began funding this dangerous research at the behest of Anthony Fauci, who's always been in favor of -of gain-of-function research. When they began funding again, they set up a safety committee. Well, guess what? This research in Wuhan skipped that safety committee. They never went there. The only way that happens is with Anthony Fauci's approval. I've been trying for three years to get the NIH to reveal the gain-of-function deliberations. I know they talk about it. I know they have a weekly meeting on dangerous research, and yet they will not reveal the discussions and who made the final decision to exempt the Wuhan uh, research. But it'll go down in history as maybe one of the worst public policy or medical decisions ever made in the history of our country. The mainstream media has failed to see this, but millions of people died, and it's related to a funding decision by Anthony Fauci to fund dangerous research in China, and they've, they've given him a path. That was Rand Paul on Fox News. I believe Fauci to be a bureaucrat, a weasel, and a stone liar with a massive ego, and he was the guy who claimed that if you believe science, well, then you should believe him because he is science. And he walked out of Washington incredibly wealthy. House Republicans said they revealed a lack of oversight of research 
funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. During Fauci's two days of testimony, Brad Wenstrup of Ohio saying, quote, Dr. Fauci's testimony today uncovered drastic and systemic failures in America's public health systems. While leading the nation's COVID-19 response and influencing public narratives, he simultaneously had no idea what was happening under his own jurisdiction at NIAID. Wenstrup also said, quote, it is deeply concerning that the face of our nation's response to the world's worst public health crisis does not recall key details about the origins of COVID-19 and pandemic era policies. The reality is COVID affected all of our lives from who we lost to jobs that were lost to reputations that were smeared for raising doubts about what we were being told. And that includes Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers who had this to say on Pat McAfee's show on ESPN when discussing his ongoing battle with Jimmy Kimmel. Here's Rogers ripping Jimmy Kimmel for propping up Tony Fauci on late-night TV. Listen and watch. Uh, you know, mentioned uh, ivermectin being horse-faced and pushed that whole narrative for a long time. He gave a platform to one of the biggest uh, spreaders of misinformation during the COVID times, Dr. Fauci. Um, so in my opinion... Jeez. You know, he ripped me about ripped me about the vax, and and that turns out to be an L on, on many occasions because the vax was not safe and effective like we were told that it was in the beginning. Uh, there are a lot of injuries now that we've seen related to the vaccine. So in my opinion, you went after me. That's fine. You're a comedian. Go for it. Not offended, but that, that was an L. Aaron Rodgers, one of the few in the NFL who had the courage not to take the vaccine and stand up in the face of criticism. The left-wing media hasn't forgotten that, which is why Rogers is always a target of theirs. And clearly, Rogers hasn't forgotten what Kimmel said about him on TV. But apparently, Fauci has forgotten a lot. Forgetfulness to the tune of 100 times under oath. Fortunately, and actually unfortunately, America hasn't forgotten and won't anytime soon. And that's the big take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, Big Take this morning. If you want to jump in with your thoughts and your reaction, you can certainly do so. 855-839-1210 is the phone number on social media at 1210WPHD. Or, of course, on YouTube, you can be a part of the Kale & Company comment community. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and join the show today. We'll come back, get some thoughts and reaction to what transpired with Fauci over the last two days on Capitol Hill, as well as Donald Trump's big day in D.C. court. What was the reaction and takeaway from what the three panels of judges had to say yesterday? That's on the other side. It's Kale and Company, Nick, Don, and Greg, here on a Wednesday morning on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Live here on this Wednesday morning. This segment brought to you by COSA. Have questions about aging? The Delaware County Office of Services for the Aging or COSA can point you in the right direction to see how COSA can help you or a loved one. Visit delcosa.org. COSA is supported by Delaware County Council. 855-839-1210. The phone number If you want to jump in, get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. So two days in the books for Dr. Anthony Fauci as he testified behind closed doors um, under oath on Capitol Hill before a handful of those uh, subcommittee select members for 
the uh, research and really the accountability of everybody during the COVID-19 pandemic and the policies that were put into place and everything that was known or not known. And I thought it was very fascinating. You know, Don Stenzel and Greg Stocker, if I told you this, if I came to you, Don, and I said, hey, over your illustrious career, now think about this with Fauci. I mean, he's been in that position up until 2022, I believe, what, four or five decades in that role. And probably the two biggest things that happened under his watch were the AIDS epidemic in the 80s and 90s and the COVID-19 pandemic. And he's only been, quote, out of office for about a year. And, you know, Don, let's say after your illustrious TV career, about a year went by and I came up to you and I said, hey, whatever the biggest story was that you covered, I need to know the way you approached your reporting. And you told me over a 100 times that you could not remember certain things. I would look at you with a very curious and skeptical eye and wonder how you could conveniently forget over a 100 times key aspects of a story that you were assigned to cover. Same thing with Greg Stocker. You've been here for what, 20 years, for four decades. You've been here as long as Fauci was with the NIH. And if, you know, the Odyssey bosses came up to you and said, hey, you know, during the 2016 election or the 2008 election with Obama, I need to know what the thought was from a programming or producing standpoint uh, of why we went about something a certain way. And you couldn't answer a hundred different questions that I had for you. Wouldn't, wouldn't your boss just kind of raise their sniffer a little bit, so to speak? Yes. Okay. I'm just wondering how fat she conveniently forgets everything. Yeah, the difference is none of us have ever done anything or made any decision that impacted hundreds of millions of people and especially school-aged children. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes me nauseous about this guy, that he was making decisions that impacted my kids, your kids, the entire nation. Let's not forget all the grandparents who died in nursing homes who we couldn't visit. Mm Mm-hmm. So this guy, this is sick to me. And at the same time, you, know, you look at, at a side-by-side, look at the coverage, and I know his was a closed-door meeting, but the fact that, okay, you had Trump and you're going to go to that sound in a, in a closed-door session, and here's somebody who is being nailed and grilled, it feels like, daily in all these persecutions, prosecutions. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He's not accused of killing anybody. He's not accused of causing your kid or hundreds of millions of kids, you know, to, or not hundreds of millions of children, but I would say tens of millions of children from learning loss at the very least, businesses shuttered, closed, lives destroyed. But here's Trump being grilled as if he murdered somebody. And Fauci, here the Democrats this morning, oh, well, the GOP is exaggerating what he said Mm -hmm. during his testimony. Right. It's just... It makes me nauseous. Well, there's not an age group or a demographic that Fauci didn't impact in one way or the other. And you nailed it with what you just said, from school-age children to being out of schools to being a year or two years behind academically to a middle-aged small business owner who was told that their business was not deemed essential. So Target and Costco was essential, big corporate America box stores. But, you know, uh, Tiffany's Nail Salon down on 5th and uh, Jackson, that wasn't deemed essential because, you know, 
because I'm sure yeah. she lives paycheck to paycheck, even though she's an entrepreneur and a small business owner, to, to the elderly population where maybe you couldn't go see one of your great-grandparents in an assisted facility or things like that, or you couldn't go worship at a church or things like that. So he, he is complicit in really, um, you know, from age five up until death. If you, if you think about it and he was, he was the guy, I mean, and the way that they just all bowed down to him, like he was the epitome of science. He was gospel and you could not challenge or question anything that that man said. And, you know, Rand Paul then gets labeled by the mainstream media as going on the offensive and attacking Fauci. You know, the last time I checked, Rand Paul is also a doctor. Now, granted, I think he's like an ophthalmologist or whatever. So it's not like he's in infectious diseases. But, you know, some people that were in infectious diseases, uh, Dr. Robert Redfield. I mean, he, you could argue, was kind of like the equal to Tony Fauci. And because he had a differing opinion, he was labeled to be like the lesser of the experts. Yeah, and then later on what you're by the way you mentioned churches which is so my church still cuz we're in the city and we were shut down still we're trying to get back to all the memberships cuz a lot of people left and then went out to other churches outside the city and and still trying to get back to those numbers and then you think of the mental wellness uh, mental wellness issue and the health uh, mental health issue mm-hmm. but for him for for Fauci to just be able to seemingly the media will never I don't feel like they're ever going to put him uh, to the highest standard of questioning. No. And and so that raises the next question, which is, OK, you know, he was held in prominence and you're you're mentioning the issue of, you know, the Jay Bhattacharya types, those those individuals, yeah. right, who were brilliant people. They were then think about the complicity of media and government and and social media and how certain sectors and all of us we were all being shadow banned and shut down we couldn't figure out why we couldn't even dm each other right and so we were being silenced and shut down i feel our constitutional rights were being violated ultimately that's how i feel i feel like i feel like i was violated we were violated and we were basically called you know turds of america yeah. while this guy was being hailed as a prominent American right. and a hero. And that's what we need to say out loud. And we need to make sure that everybody understands what he knew. He was involved. He knew about the bat coronavirus testing, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then he's lying to the president of the United States while he's briefing everybody. Yep. That's what it appears to be here. Yep. And by the way, how many of us held that instinct and even said the quiet part out loud Years, you know, during the pandemic, and then you were shut down. You were kicked off Twitter. Well, and they also, speaking of Twitter, we had all the Twitter file dumps. You got guys like Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, um, you know, plenty of journalists out there that were actually willing to do some due diligence and some digging. And by no stretch are any of those journalists, or maybe even Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, are any of these people conservatives or right-wingers or conspiracy theorists. But because they actually looked for facts and reported it, they were smeared and then lumped in under a false label of being some right-wing nut job. And Matt Taibbi, Barry White, these are people that have you know careers that were at the New York Times, the New York Post, uh, I mean, well-respected writers that just stuck to the truth and the 
the real mission statement, honestly, of journalism. And then, of course, they were uh, targeted. And uh, what, Matt Taibbi, <laughs> well, one day he opens up his door and uh, who shows up at the, uh, IRS. the IRS for a random audit? Nick, that was a coincidence. Total coincidence. Total coincidence. The day before he has to testify. <laughs> so, by the way, Matt, Matt Taibbi, if you've, if, you know, we've read his books and, and read his stuff. He is not a... He is not a far right wing conservative. He's not a conservative at all. He's not even a Trump supporter. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, so there you go. If you want to jump uh, in, uh, that was the kind of recap of the last two days. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Speaking of Donald Trump, yesterday his day in court. Uh, Don, did you guys carry this on your show? I know you said you were going to be rolling live, but you did carry some of it. We tried to, okay. and and we were remember. I don't know if it was high winds with the incoming storm, but we kept. We carried parts of it, so I'm glad you're you're doing right. the whole thing. We carried parts of it, but the cable, you know, our our signal kept going out, gotcha. so we kept losing him. Yep. So we carried maybe, you know, three chunks of it, if you will, but okay. it was interrupted. Okay. So the kind of the people. recap from yesterday: Trump was in the courtroom yesterday. Federal appeals court judges in Washington expressing deep skepticism Tuesday that the former president was immune from prosecution on charges that he plotted to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The panel of three judges, two of whom are appointed by President Joe Biden, also questioned whether they had jurisdiction to consider the appeal at this point in the case, raising the prospect that Trump's appeal could be dispensed with on uh, more procedural grounds. There was many lengthy arguments yesterday where the judges repeatedly pressed Trump's lawyer to defend claims that Trump was shielded from criminal charges for acts that he says fell within his official duties as president. Now, obviously, the outcome could carry enormous ramifications, both for the landmark criminal case against Trump and the broader and legally untested question of whether an ex-president can be prosecuted for actions while taken in the White House. I thought Jonathan Turley had a very good thread yesterday on Twitter, and Turley's a guy who I really like because he breaks it down and doesn't give you all the legal jargon, so you're able to kind of follow along in real time without having your head explode into 14 little pieces. Uh, But a couple of things that he said that I have some thoughts on. One of the tweets in his thread was that Judge Henderson has pushed the DOJ on the problem of opening the floodgates if they allow this prosecution for future presidents. Henderson noted that the DOJ warned previously that such prosecutions are necessarily or unavoidably political, which I think clearly says we are establishing a terrible precedent here. Uh, He also goes on to say that the panel, as expected, appears clearly skeptical of the arguments of former President Trump. Judge Pan seemed the most hostile towards those arguments, but the panel seems to be more focused on what is the easiest way to reject the appeal amongst the various options. So Turley is saying there, and I agree, my feeling is that this might not be good for Donald Trump. But Turley goes on to say a couple of other things that I think are interesting that we need to point out um, and then kind of analyze. He said, putting aside the outcome, the question now becomes timing. Special Counsel Smith has emphasized the need for speed and an urgency clearly not shared by the Supreme Court. This panel seems motivated to make quick work of the appeal, but there remains more steps. So why is he trying to, and I say he, Jack Smith, Why is he trying to rush this? Well, he wants a conviction. He wants a conviction before the election. And for whatever polls are worth, there are polls out there that show 
a 14-point swing against Donald Trump if he is convicted, going from up nine points against Joe Biden to being down five points against Joe Biden if he gets the label and the stigma of officially convicted felon, which I think is impactful to some voters who say, well, I can't vote for a convicted felon. But there's a couple of things here that stand out to me. One, we had this date in March. It's not going to happen. Then, of course, how will SCOTUS rule? I think the Supreme Court will ultimately rule in favor of Donald Trump. But think about conviction here for a moment. You would have a conviction before an election, which would set up a election where the incumbent could very well have dementia up against a convicted felon for the 47th presidency of the United States. And if he's convicted after the election, but he wins the election, well, he just pardons himself. But the scary part for Trump is if he's convicted after the election in which he loses, then obviously jail looks like a real um, a real possibility here. So, I, I don't, I'm not sure what your thoughts and reaction were yesterday as you were covering it live, but it seems like Turley did not think that this went well for Trump overall, uh, based on what the three judges were saying. Yeah, and the, the, you know, the key is you can't say, oh, it's a D.C. judge who's biased. The one judge who was the toughest, asking the toughest questions, which were legitimate, you know, questions and hypotheticals, was the so-called, you know, Republican-appointed or more conservative judge going through everything. And what I noted watching him <clears throat> was that he looked his demeanor, that he was not him, his energetic self, if you will. He was, he looked drained, he looked exhausted. Now, I will say yesterday, <coughs> excuse me, yesterday they had sad news. Melania's mom um, did pass away. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and so and so I know that, you know, to have his wife of 20 years, his mother-in-law, you know, 20 years or nearly 20 years, um, Emilia Novs to to die. He's in this D.C. course. I mean, it's draining. It's, it's exhausting. But he by his demeanor, even if I didn't hear his words, I feel that he knew this did not go well for him, mm-hmm. even though with that said, it's going to go to the scope. It's going to go to the high court anyway. Oh, yeah. But it just his. He just looked exhausted and right. defeated. Well, I mean, Turley said it didn't it didn't have a good vibe for Trump, although there's an opposing view. Fox's Carrie Urban was in the courtroom and said that she felt that the panel was skeptical, not of Trump's argument, but of the special counsel's argument. She was able to see the panel and reached a different conclusion and different view than Jonathan Turley did. So uh, this is obviously open for interpretation, and there are conflicting um, takeaways as to whether or not it was a rough day for Trump or a tougher day for the special counsel. 855-839-1210, the phone number. We will come back, wrap up our number one with a victory for free speech. If you're a free speech absolutist, even though you might not like the guy, I think you have to be in support of this decision. Those details next as we wrap up Hour 1 on Kale & Company. This is the Kale & Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. 7 o'clock hour on the way. Dawn will have some news to kick off hour number 2. 
And then we will get to a, I think, a big victory for Elon Musk, X, and free speech. And that is in regards to the return of Don Lemon and a new show that he will have. And some surprise uh, welcomes from a man that he used to spar with many times. That's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. But as we put a bow on the 6 o'clock hour, um, yesterday, as we know... Uh, Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., obviously dealing with, you know, his legal battles. And, you know, I would think in this day and age of polarization and division and two different ways in which we all look at the news and the newsmakers and how people are covered, that let's just say if somebody from the Daily Mail or OutKick or the New York Post uh, or Fox News was kind of gathered outside of a court proceeding for Hunter Biden. And there were hot microphones around. And they caught some of these conservative media members, even in a joking fashion, talking about Hunter Biden or, God forbid, Joe Biden being assassinated. That there would be, I mean, there would be a full fledged investigation. Mainstream media would have a meltdown. But when it comes to jokes about a JFK, a JFK style assassination to Donald Trump, you don't really hear a whole heck of a lot about that. And uh, apparently the cameras and the microphones were rolling yesterday. Take a listen to this, uh, courtesy of the New York Post. Listen and watch this. You know, the worst part is, even if he has his window open and he's hanging out of it, he'll be on the other side of the <laughs> I mean, if he's driving, we've got a good shot. Yeah, if he's driving with the front window open. Yeah, or if it's a convertible. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Like if he just pulls up like, like JFK. A Miata, you know? It's like a JFK, a Lincoln. <laughs> I could Maybe someone just like they told JFK, you know what you should do? You should take a convertible. <laughs> It's so nice out here. Wow. All right, so there you go. For some uh, context to that, you had two media members that were heard there cracking jokes over a hot mic Tuesday about former President Donald Trump being cut down by an assassin's bullet as they waited for him to appear at the federal courthouse in Washington. The unidentified male journalists had their news cameras stationed outside the E. Barrett Prettyman U.S. courthouse when they started to uh, talk about the difficulties of getting a view of the 77-year-old Republican frontrunner. And there they were. And, of course, you heard that. I don't I don't know. I just feel like if uh, that was, um, you know, quote, right wing media making jokes about Joe Biden or Hunter Biden being assassinated on their way into a courthouse, uh, we would be hearing a lot. I think the view would probably lead with that this morning on their highly esteemed talk show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Eight should have no home here. That's correct. What happened to that? Uh-huh. So That's there, terrible. There you go. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll kick off hour number two. Dawn's got the news. And then Don Lemon is returning to a new platform with a new show. And Tucker Carlson says, congratulations. Big victory, I believe, for free speech. Don't you dare be hypocrites. You might not like the message, but if you value free speech, I think this is a victory. We're back after this. Stay right there. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.